You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can find us on Spotify. Find us on Google Play, on iTunes. You can tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Packers. You can be driving in your car. And use whatever Bluetooth command you have and tell your car to play Locked on Packers. We are everywhere, and we are the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. The legal tampering period opens today at 4 Eastern time. And that may be now. That may have passed. You may have already heard some stuff. There may be already whisperings. Out there, so I I decided against the preview that I was going to give you of what I what I was going to put together as the ideal scenario for the Packers. Instead, I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company. You can find that article on my Twitter feed. You can go to the website and find it. Basically, I put together the ideal offseason. It includes cutting Nick Perry, cutting Tremont Williams, re-signing Bashad Breland, signing Anthony Barr, signing Adrian Amos, and signing Quentin Spain. Uh, and I think that, you know, the draft stuff is, is a little too in the weeds for where we are right now. And, and that is fine. Uh, we are focused right now on free agency. That's the way it has to be. There's just too much going on, particularly too much going on Packers related. I'm going to make some predictions at the end of this episode and hope that by the time you're listening to this, they are not already outdated, (laughs) but, uh, I don't think they will be. Because, you know, generally speaking, the tampering is an opportunity for for teams to talk with players. Uh, In the case of one of the predictions I'm going to make, it actually would not be tampering if the Packers signed this player because they were cut and in actually a couple of cases uh, because they were cut before free agency. So Green Bay could come to terms with them now. It could have already happened theoretically. But let's start with. Antonio Brown because that was a huge topic for Packer fans for weeks ever since it became clear Pittsburgh was at least considering trading him. I will say I was dubious that it's what they would do because I didn't think it was the smart thing to do. Pittsburgh usually does the smart thing. It didn't make any sense. It never made any sense for them to say we're going to pay $21 million to have you not play for us. That makes no sense at all because even if, even if you are sitting, at least you're not playing for someone else. We are going to make you play for us or no one unless we can get a substantial package for you. Well, a third rounder and a fifth rounder is not a substantial package. It's just not. And that's what makes this even more surprising. If they had traded Antonio Brown to the Oakland Raiders for a first-round pick and then the Raiders gave him $50 million, then you'd say, okay, we get it. They got their first-round pick. The Raiders had a bunch to use and good for them. No, a third and a fifth. 
So it turns out that it is the case that so few teams wanted to trade for arguably the best receiver in football because of all of these other issues that he has personality-wise that no one was willing to redo his contract and give him any and give the Steelers anything more than a third and a fifth. And it also means that the Steelers were so anxious and so willing to get this toxicity out of their locker room that they were willing to take pennies on the dollar in a trade and then eat $21 million in dead cap. That speaks volumes to the kind of problem the Steelers have in their locker room, in their culture. It speaks to the what, what I think is just misplaced confidence in Mike Tomlin. The, the GM of the Steelers said, I believe Mike Tomlin is the guy to broker peace between Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Turns out that was not true. And it turns out Antonio Brown was able to throw a hissy fit that successfully torched his value with his own team and really torched his value around the league. I mean, I think this trade comes out for everyone looking bad. But if you're a Packer fan and you were the you were the person saying, I don't think Green Bay should do this. They don't want to bring this guy into their locker room. You look you might look at the compensation and at first say, well, it was worth it for that. Well, okay, but then you have to give him all of this guaranteed money. You're going to pay him a top-of-market receiver contract at age 30. Part of the appeal of, him, of of Antonio Brown in the early iterations of this trade was you're getting him on his old contract. And then he said, well, well, actually, what I want is a new contract too. They were able to find what seems like the one team, the one team in the NFL that was willing to do both, that was willing to give up a top 100 pick and give him a boatload of money because – he almost got traded to the Bills before he he threatened to retire and say, I'm not showing up to camp. And there have been a number of other teams discussed over the course of the last few weeks, and all of them bowed out. That means no one was willing to give them the compensation and him a new contract. I'm not going to say Green Bay dodged a bullet on this one because I think Antonio Brown is a really good player. But I think if you were the person saying, the Packers don't need that in their locker room, not with a first-year head coach, not with a team that is working toward building something and rebuilding their culture, then it really does seem like a victory for you because the only way the Steelers would abdicate their leverage, this is a team that does not make whimsical decisions. They are not an impetuous team. They're not just out there doing stuff. Everything they do is with a purpose. They've they've had like five head coaches in their franchise history or something crazy like that. So this is not something that is done with haste. They do this with great deliberation, with great caution. That is how big they viewed the Antonio Brown problem internally. And if you're another team, and the Steelers are even entertaining your trade offers. In some ways, that is a red flag for you. But when I when I advocated for this deal a couple weeks ago, it had not gotten this bad. And I also advocated at a time when, frankly, I didn't think Pittsburgh would actually do it because they had all the leverage. Antonio Brown had none. 
And I thought it would take a first round pick to get him or 44 or something. That it didn't, I think, really does speak to the way that he was viewed around the league. And maybe I didn't take into consideration enough those concerns, those personality concerns. I I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt because I know he works really hard. He has always worked really hard. He, he built himself from, you know, basically a, a not even a, a borderline star in college. He was he was good in college, but not a highly recruited player, not a highly touted draft pick, built himself into the best receiver of his generation through hard work and determination. And some of his teammates love him and some of his teammates don't. So I, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think after what has happened here and what Pittsburgh has done and and what by by not acting the the rest of the NFL has told us is that those concerns were legitimate, they were genuine and potentially dangerous for a team. I mean football dangerous, not you know life and death dangerous, but football culture dangerous for a team. Oakland has the opportunity because they don't have any established stars. They traded them all that Antonio Brown can come in and be the star. He can be the guy. He can be the person everyone worships. And it ended up being the best opportunity for him. It is not something that I think Packer fans should be disappointed their team didn't make. And I think the way this all went down really proves that. Since we last discussed the Kansas City Chiefs pass rush duo, there are reports since then now, number one, Justin Houston was released, and we and we had a feeling it would happen. Uh, it had been reported earlier in the week, and then you know finally officially reported. I guess you could say I, I don't I don't know if that's the right word, but but Ian Rappaport reported it. Um, the Chiefs had planned to cut Justin Houston, and were trying to get a trade done. They couldn't, so they finally released him. They are trying, or at least interested in trying, to trade D Ford. And the Packers are a team that reportedly, by multiple reports uh, from NFL Network and from Ryan Wood at Packers News, uh, he Wood said the Packers would love to get him. Mike Smith, the outside linebackers coach last year in KC, now the Green Bay Packers outside linebackers coach. Obviously, Green Bay needs pass rush. So these are two players. Justin Houston was released. Green Bay could sign him tomorrow because he was released. He is a he is a free agent in a way that the guys who whose contracts are up are not free agents until the actual new league year starts. So the Packers could just sign him outright. The trade a trade with D Ford on the franchise tag can't actually be consummated until the thirteenth. So you know that is also in play here. What is what does a Justin Houston contract look like? So I think we can start with Brandon Graham's contract. Remember, this is Justin Houston still had nine sacks in 12 games last year. He was a nine-sack guy the year before, and we're just a couple years removed from him having 20-plus. He's still relatively young and looks like he can still play. He's not going to be a superstar field tilter anymore, but he can still come in and help you. He would be an upgrade. Immediately the best starter on the Packers at outside linebacker. So Brandon Graham got three years 40, and that was a surprisingly small deal. We're talking about a little over $13 million per year. So 
could Justin Houston get something close to that? I don't think so because he's just he's not the player Graham is. He's not as healthy and hasn't been as productive lately as Graham has. I I floated the idea of three years 30 as a base. And then with incentives, it could get to like 36. With, you know, you make a Pro Bowl, you start 16 games, you know, the Packers win a Super Bowl. You can put all these incentives in these contracts. And this is something that veteran players have to deal with a lot. They get a lower base and they bank on themselves. They say, I'm going to meet these incentives and I'm going to make this money. A lot of times they don't. Some of the time they do. Three years 30 with with an upper end of 36 is not a bank-breaking sum for the Packers. And, and I would much rather have Justin Houston, a proven, legitimate dude as a pass rusher, over multiple seasons and a former superstar pass rusher at, let's call it 11. Let's say he meets some but not all of these incentives. 11. And you can front load that money, so it's really the first two years is where all the the real money is. You're not going to guarantee all 30 of those million. We don't have to get into the minutia. I would rather have Justin Houston at 10 than Zadarius Smith at 12 or Preston Smith at 14 because it sounds like those are the numbers being discussed. Now, there are are some connections with with Zadarius Smith. Milt Hendrickson was a scout when the Ravens drafted him in the Baltimore organization and the the Preston Smith one a little bit more tenuous but Scott McLuhan was the GM when the when Washington drafted Preston Smith and McLuhan started his career in Green Bay as a scout overlapped with Brian Gutekunst with Ted Thompson uh, and was also um, on that staff with John Schneider that helped draft Russell Wilson so there are there are Packer tie-ins there maybe that matters maybe it doesn't just trying to read some tea leaves just trying to follow some breadcrumbs if you're the Packers, though, you have to find this balance in cost. Where is the Goldilocks zone with these players and what they're worth? Because if you're going to pay Preston Smith top-of-market money to not be a top-of-market pass rusher, that's a big problem for your team. To me, there is no bigger financial sin that a, a team can make than paying a non-superstar a superstar price. Do not pay a premium because that guy was on your team or because you need a player for a non-superstar. The biggest advantage you can have in the NFL is a really good player on a rookie contract. And then the other thing that you can do is have a really good player on a top-of-market contract who is just clearly better than everyone else. So when Aaron Rodgers had a top-of-market quarterback contract And it was just obvious he was by far the best dude. That is a huge value for your team. You can't pay Preston Smith or Zadarius Smith 12, 14 million to be the 15th best pass rusher in football. That is bad value. And it's it's not just about, oh, well, you know, in a year that contract won't look as bad. It doesn't matter. Pay a guy. Because he can meet that contract. I don't care if in year one it's not quite ready. But if you sign a guy who just can't, outright cannot under any circumstances be one of the three or four best pass rushers in football, and you're paying him like one, you're doing it wrong. The Matthew Stafford contract is a football war crime. Matthew Stafford is never, let me repeat, Matthew Stafford will never 
be one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. Unless there's some, you know, disease that hits half the NFL quarterbacks and all of a sudden it's like Matthew Stafford, Blake Bortles, and Case Keenum. And and he's being paid like it. Aaron Rodgers, guess what? He's one of the five best quarterbacks in football and is being paid like it. If you look right now, I, you can probably say confidently, I think, that the only quarterback in the top five in contract who is actually a top five quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. And that's true if you go down the list. We did it with safety. How many of the top paid safeties are actually the best safeties? How many of the highest paid receivers are actually the best receivers? That one is a little bit better because those contracts come around a little bit more often. And I think the, the players change so much. You're a really good receiver. You get paid. Devontae Adams is a top receiver and is being paid like one, but Brandon Cooks isn't. Sammy Watkins isn't. There are plenty of dudes getting money that don't don't deserve that top of market money. They don't play to that standard. So why are you paying someone who can't live up to that contract? Justin Houston can live up to a $10 million contract. Nick Perry gets paid $11 million and you know, we thought 10, 11 sacks was a was a great year for him. Well, Justin Houston just did that. He was set to get 15 million. That's why Casey didn't want to pay him. They cut him. He could still come back, but he could also be signed on the open market. Could he play for 10, 11, 12? Because if he can, we know he's capable. If he's healthy, and that's an if, but if he's healthy, he can be that guy. He can be a 10, 11, 12 sack player. He almost was last year. If he'd have played more games, if he'd have played 16 games, he would have been. So that that is what Green Bay has to be looking at here. And it's another reason, I think, to attack this D Ford idea. And it's another reason, I think, to attack this D Ford idea. D Ford, you know, we, we didn't really talk about compensation. The way that I look at it, You go back historically and you say, okay, Matt Castle and Mike Vrabel on a franchise deal, that was a second-round pick. Corey Williams was a second-round pick. Jarvis Landry was a fourth and a seventh. He played receiver. Jared Allen was a first and two seconds. D. Ford is not going to get that Jared Allen trade, probably not even going to get that Matt Castle or Corey Williams trade. A second would be a lot. But what if the Packers swapped seconds? Go from 44 to 63, and then you throw in a fourth-round pick. Packers have two. And you can take either 114 or 118, doesn't matter. And that, you're talking about, that's a that's a high third-round pick in value. So Green Bay keeps 12, they keep 30, and they can still take 75 and that other fourth, whichever one they don't trade, and move into the second round and move up. Or they can take... 63 and 75 and move up. They can take 63 and their fourth round pick and move up. You get to keep that second round pick. There's still a possibility that you can get a top 50 player and you're getting D Ford. You're getting D Ford. And that guy is good. The comparisons to Nick Perry, I talked about it over the weekend. Don't do it. Do not do it. D Ford has had injuries over his career. He's had one injury that kept him out extended periods of time. Nick Perry gets hurt every year. And it's an injury that significantly either dampens his ability to play successfully or play efficiently or play at all. 
D. Ford gets banged up because he's a little bit undersized, but he can play. And when he's on the field, he's really good. He was a part-time player early in his career. That is why he doesn't have the numbers. Nick Perry wasn't. Nick Perry was playing. When he was healthy, he was playing and not producing. When D. Ford got an opportunity to play, he produced. Straight up, he produced. He's really good. He led the league in pressures last year, led the league in forced fumbles. He's really good. He is worth the pick. And if Kansas City is really entertaining this trade, Green Bay ought to be entertaining it too. All right, I just want to make a couple quick predictions about how I see free agency going for Green Bay. So I I predicted last week that I didn't think there was going to be a splash safety move. I still believe that. And I think the guy that they they could really find appealing is Tayshawn Gibson. And one of the reasons is both of the major coordinators on this staff have a relationship with Gibson. He was a Jacksonville Jaguar with Nathaniel Hackett. And before that, his best season was under Mike Patton in Cleveland. He's a guy that has some versatility. He's got some playmaking ability. You know, had led the league in interceptions that year that he played with Patton. And, you know, he would be an immediate upgrade for the Packers at safety. Now, I mentioned Tremont Williams is being paid as a safety. The interesting thing about that is he doesn't have to be paid if they don't want to pay him. So they can go out and look at the safety market and say, we don't see anything. Now what? Well, we got Tremont Williams. That is a possibility. Or they see multiple players they want to sign, they sign them, and they cut Tremont, and they save that money. It's not something that has to happen before they use the money. They could cut him many times. So, you know, that's not, I've gotten some messages. Hey, you know, why haven't they, why haven't we heard anything about Tremont Williams? We've heard they're probably going to cut Nick Perry. The money, if they June one Nick Perry, they can't use the money until June anyway. So I think the plan is spend what they have, see what they can get. And then if they feel comfortable with their plan, June one him. They could June one him May 30th if they wanted to. And spread the cap hit out. They can see what they get in the draft. They can see what happens in free agency. That doesn't have to happen tomorrow. So I think Gibson is a player that they bring in. And it's possible another low, low end money guy. A potential starter, but low money. I I would have preferred Adrian Amos. It seems like he's going to have a robust market. I don't think Green Bay is going to get into a safety bidding war with anyone. That means Earl Thomas is off the board. Landon Collins is off the board. Uh, Adrian Phillips would be interesting, though. I don't know why the Chargers would let him walk, but that's a name that I have brought up on this show. It's a name I brought up on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens there. I also think Quentin Spain just makes too much sense. Played with Matt LaFleur last year. Uh, was was really good and can play left guard or right guard. So you get that offensive lineman in there. And that was one of the reasons why I had Chris Lindstrom in the draft pick of, of the 30th spot when I did my ideal offseason because he can play tackle or guard. And then you can play guard at, in an injury situation and, and can be an eventual Brian Bulaga's replacement. But getting a professional football player capable of playing right guard, they have to sign someone, and it's not going to cost them an arm and a leg. They can get someone for... Five, six million dollars. And then I, I did this. I was on a, a different Packers podcast, uh, a weekly show. So, you know, it's it's fine. Uh, I don't I, I like to go on other people's shows and, and spread a little bit of of love to them. Uh, but 
I predicted that one of the Kansas City pass rushers ends up in Green Bay. I th- I think given what we've seen and what we we know is out there in the in the pass rusher market, I just find it very hard to believe Green Bay is going to overpay for one of these you know Preston Smith or Zadarius Smith, someone like that. There was also a report late Sunday night. Uh, the Peter King column uh, went up and and suggested confirming. By the way, that that the Packers uh, were interested in D Ford, but also this little nugget that I thought was really interesting. I mentioned the connection with Zadarius Smith and the Ravens, um, Milt Hendrickson, who is now in the Packers organization. But Peter King mentioned that at some point the Packers had tried to trade for Zadarius Smith, which would have been before. Hendrickson was in the organization, so they must have thought highly of him as a part-time player, by the way, because he was still not even last season a full-time starter. What is his value? He was a very good pass rusher last year in spurts, especially when he was given the opportunity to start, played well. Uh, He's a big, rocked-up dude, very similar in body type to Nick Perry, 6'4", 272 of just muscle. Dude absolutely looks the part. But uh, he apparently was already on Green Bay's radar. That is interesting. And I think you have to like the, the potential pairing there. I, I, think, I think that's more than just speculation that there is a connection there. This is a player that the Packers have actually tried to trade for in the past. We, this is a player we know they have interest in versus someone like Preston Smith, who we think they might have interest in simply because of the position he plays. I think it's more likely they go after a Justin Houston or a D Ford. I think they're going to go after both. I don't I don't know that they're going to let me rephrase. I think they're going to go after each. I don't think they're going to go after both. Like I think they will go after Justin Houston and try and sign him. And I do think they're going to continue to try and trade for D Ford. I would be surprised if they just decided we'll take both. We'll take both because the money is is a lot. You have to pay the 15 million dollar franchise tag price for this year with with D Ford and you have to pay you know whatever the contract is with Justin Houston now if that's all they do and then you sign a guard I mean it's not crazy stranger things have happened I still think the best thing the best path forward for them at safety is drafting so maybe they do too we'll see a lot can happen over the next few hours the next few days remember we're gonna have shows every day for the next four days um, and if we need to on Friday, uh, I hope not because I'm going on vacation. So uh, don't do this to me, NFL. We will do emergency podcasts. So we're still going to, at the end of each night, if there hasn't been a signing, I will do a recap. So they're going to come out at night instead of in the mornings. So I, because I don't want to have a Tuesday show and then have stuff happen on Tuesday and all day Tuesday, you're going, what the hell? Why am I doing this? So it's going to come Monday. The Monday show obviously will happen Monday. We could have two shows Monday if there's stuff happening. If if Packers like reports come out that they're going to sign someone, we will talk about that if it looks like it's going to happen. Um, and then once the free agent period opens, obviously we'll have uh, our own mini pods for, for signings, discuss impact, and all of that good stuff. So make sure you're subscribed. That is the best way to make sure you never miss a show. Subscribe to the show. And it is Make a Friend Monday. So go do that. Tell a friend about Locked on Packers. Let them know why you like this show, why you listen, and that they could be listening to in the commute, on the elliptical, on the treadmill, uh, in the car, at home, wherever. We are there for them. So let them know about us. 
Locked On Packers. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Packers. We still are the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and growing, guys. March is off to a great start. Last week was the biggest week on the Locked On Podcast Network NFL channel in the history of the company, which is pretty cool. So I appreciate everyone helping out and being a part of that. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, and I know you will if and when the Packers sign some players, you can do that 920-341-3775 to always stay Locked On Packers. Locked On Packers.